Welcome to this uh, new podcast. Um, I don't even have a name for it yet, but <laughs> we're going to get there eventually. It's actually kind of crazy thinking that um, people are going to be hearing this podcast, knowing what the name is, and they know it before I do, because at the time of this recording, I don't know what the name is, <laughs> but they're going to be knowing the name of it. Anyway, um, so I brought on with me today uh, uh, my buddy, Josh, and he's going to be telling his story. Uh, I'm going to be telling my story, but basically uh, this whole podcast is going to be talking about evangelism and um, bringing people into um, the gospel that changes lives and um, and hoping to reach out to the unbelievers because it's my whole life I've been trying to seek after like what is my higher purpose what am I what do I want to do and like really like this the reason I'm starting this podcast is because I, I don't think there is any higher purpose for me other than to uh, just evangelize and tell as many people as possible uh, about the gospel and using this podcast as developing that resource. But anyway, um, so yeah, we're going to be sharing uh, our stories. Uh, let's just kind of start uh, with me. But um, I started doing YouTube when I was in high school. And uh, basically the, the reason was I was a music producer I started out being a, a music producer, and by music producer, I mean I was on GarageBand, just putting loops together, <laughs> and the, the songs were like the worst songs imaginable, <laughs> and I don't even know why, I wouldn't even thought it was even amazing, but I just kept doing that, and my, my friends had a gaming YouTube channel at the time, um, and so we were, they told me about YouTube, and they're like, this is how you're going to like release music and, and all this stuff, and I was like this looks incredible. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to be YouTube famous. I released my first song and got like seven views in one day. <laughs> and then it didn't do anything beyond that. Um, and actually, yeah. but, and then I, I continued doing it for a few years and then I started a new YouTube channel. I was starting to get kind of used to the whole YouTube gang game and, um, competing with my other friends with this gaming channel. We were going to see who's going to be, have the best YouTube channel, have the most popular channel of all time and um and so i decided i want to start like this political channel because i was really getting into politics at the time and me and my friends were going to be like just refuting all these like liberal arguments and stuff and we like really got into it and it was like pretty crazy and i and i thought that this channel was going to be super successful because it was controversial and i knew at the time that anything with a lot of controversy like um things like with like Fox News, who has a certain bend to a particular audience, they're just going to become really popular because the haters are going to bring attention to it. And then there are going to be people who defend the platform who are going to go after them. And it's just going to be this battle until um, and eventually, you know, they're going to be a really popular platform. So I did that for a while. Um, and then I just started to experience just how difficult it was to like pull the team together and make things work out. Um, and then I just got really sick of politics at the same time. And I was like really bothered by mm-hmm. the, the whole, um, agenda. Everything was an agenda on both sides. And, uh, it really wasn't a search after the truth. It was just a search to, uh, it was just seeking after defending your own side of things. And, um, so then after that, I quit the channel, deleted it. 
um, and then moved on to other things. And then me, I got together with a couple of other friends of mine, and we were like having a lot of interesting discussions, and they're very interested in, in art and um, all this other these other kinds of things. And I was like, these, these people are like so intelligent. <laughs> it's like we got into such uh, in depth conversations and just a great rich friendship and I was like we gotta start a podcast or a a YouTube channel and so then we started doing that for a couple of uh it was during this was during COVID so around 2020 we had a lot of time on our hands we were like let's just release one episode a day and see for as long as we can and we got bored of it and eventually just kind of like quit the channel after a while because we were running out of ideas and running out of attention and one of the episodes uh one of the the videos actually like as time progressed it started to just keep on increasing in in views and i didn't notice it at the time but a year later i checked my stats and this video blew up to like 2,000 views over the year and i was like holy cow we're famous. <laughs> it's like it's really funny because like after doing a YouTube channel with like fifty views or something like that, it's like this is like uh, two thousand views is like I'm famous now. Like this is this is amazing. Um, and I was like, I got back with Caleb, my friend, and I was like, we got to keep doing this YouTube channel. I got to keep doing this thing. We got to rebrand it. Talk more about art and stuff because before we were talking about anything. We were talking about bananas. <laughs> we're like, let's just talk about whatever topic we want and have no direction. Um, and then we were like, okay, this one video that's talking about art and uh, culture and movies and stuff like that, uh, this topic is really interesting to a lot of people. It really resonates with a lot of people. So let's just keep doing that. And so we did. We rebranded. We got um, going. And then then we were eventually hitting like 2,000 views in one night. And I was like what is going on this is like absolutely crazy my friend was getting super excited at the time he was like whoa like we got like 2,000 views that's really good and then like towards the end of the day it was almost like it's crazy just how fleeting um like that little I say like in air quotes fame um kind of is because it it was like our excitement was like super huge and then it just sort of like died away and we were hitting like 10,000 views and getting up to 15,000 and eventually it it becomes work again and it's like okay back to releasing another episode trying to figure out trying to get all this editing in and play and and it took a lot of work took a lot of time my friends started getting burnt out um and we still have that youtube channel today um and uh and then i started to get working with this other um so that whole thing was going on. But then this other church, Seventh Reformed Church, uh, start, was like, we're going to start a YouTube channel. We're going to reach out to believers and stuff like that. And I was like, okay. You know, at the time, I'm trying to get my music thing going. And I'm just like, I, I really care more about music. I really care about making things huge and famous and, and marketing and online marketing and how to, how to work the algorithms and stuff like that. And I'm, but, you know, at least I, you know, maybe this is under a church. Maybe I can turn this into a job and maybe I can get a career doing this and, and what I love and all that. Um, so I start doing that and, and I'm still doing it today. Um, and I think working on that channel is, uh, I mean, granted, it's not like it's, 
not like super into evangelism really, but it's, it's a lot of like theology and a lot of that. But when I was working on that channel, it really started to occur to me that like, I really have to like find some way of reaching people with the gospel through like podcasting and YouTubing and online marketing. And I, I really need to start getting into this a lot more. Um, the music interest started to sort of die away. And at the same time, I was a couple of years ago, I was reaching like this low point of my life. I was struggling with a lot of um, sin in, in my heart, a lot of mm. sexual sin, a lot of lust. And, and I didn't know how to deal with it at the time. It was like one of the lowest, one of the lower points of my life. It was like, I wish I could conquer this and I cannot conquer this. And my buddy at the time, my roommate, um, showed me that there's this, there's this podcast that you should listen to. And I'm like rolling my eyes. I'm like, okay, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I've talked to a lot of counselors. I'm like not getting out of this. Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> this podcast isn't going to offer me anything. Um, it's actually called, uh, the becoming something podcast, which I don't know if any of you have heard of the becoming something podcast, but when I listened to that, I was actually hooked it was funny. It was. Um, it had a lot of real stuff about God, and uh, it was very informative. And it was very like it met you where you were at, and there you could just tell that there was this chemistry between the different hosts and all of that. And it really inspired me when I was listening to that podcast, and when I was working at Seventh Reformed Church, and those things just kind of came together and I was like, I really want to start a podcast um, that's similar to becoming something where it reaches 20 to 30 year olds, but at the same time, it has more of like an evangelism bend. Um, I wanted to talk to more because my, my oldest brother is an atheist. And so kind of when that started all going down this and you start hearing about all these topics like deconstruction and people are just like, you know, I've, I'm rethinking my faith and I used to grow up this way and now I'm sort of going on this other path. I'm deconstructing everything and I'm rebuilding my foundation on whatever I think is truth and whatever I think is uh, real and whatever I think matters uh, instead of what matters to God. And that kind of hit me at a point where I was like, yeah, I need to I need to start this this podcast where I'm where I speak to those people, and so I want to I want to speak to you guys. I, wanna, I want to I'm not an expert. <laughs> That's the other thing is like I'm not I don't have a college degree. I never went to seminary. I never went to, but um, at the same time I want to start a podcast where we are reaching unbelievers. So I'm going to bring on guests. Uh, they're going to either share their stories, and um, or uh, I'm going to bring on people from. You know, like seminary professors and worldview professors and, and people who have really studied this stuff and really actually gone deeper than I ever have. And um, so that's the whole uh, premise of this podcast. I'm just starting it out. Again, I don't have a name yet. I literally went into this without much of a plan, but I do know that it's what I need to do. And it's my, my the highest purpose I can possibly think of that I could live up to. Uh, in my life right now is to reach people with the gospel. So that's my story. And I'm going to turn it over to my friend who's with me today named Josh, and he is going to share. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Josh Kozlowski, and um, I'm 
it's an honor to be on the podcast as the first guest. Alex, I appreciate it. Um, and kind of touching on what you said um, with not knowing the name of this podcast yet, <laughs> yeah. but you, you, it seems like you have a good vision of where you want it to go and you have direction, mm-hmm. which is important. Um, so I think that's a great base, but it's an honor to be the first guest on and I'm excited to share my story. Um, I love the idea of going into evangelism and really bringing, reaching as many people as we can, just doing outreach, um, simple fellowship talking and outreach to as many people as you can. So that's really cool and encouraging. Absolutely. Um, so, yep, my name is Josh, and I, I say with air quotes again, grew up in a Christian household. We went to church as a family up until I was maybe in middle school. And then we kind of just, it, it faded. We all just stopped going in general because it became a chore. The, none of my brother I have three brothers. None of my brothers or I wanted to wake up early on Sundays or weekends and go to church. Um, we didn't enjoy any of that. And so, it, like I said, it became a chore. Um, and it got to the point, I remember this vividly, where it's like after every service, my dad would say, so what did you guys learn? And... I had to think so deep just to rephrase something that the pastor said. And it was, again, I'll keep saying it like a chore. I really didn't take anything from the message, the sermon. Um, I was zoning out. And again, I was a kid, not devout, not, um, I didn't commit my life to Christ or anything like that. So fast forward a little bit, you know, the end of middle school, going through high school, um, specifically sophomore year, well, freshman year of high school, I was considered, I would say, the class clown. You know, you either loved me or you hated me. Some teachers really enjoyed me in their class because I did try to keep good grades, but um, I would always kind of not necessarily make a fool of myself, but just make the class interesting, to say the least. (laughs) And um, so you either loved me or you hated me, and that was a pretty common theme all the way through high school because going off what you said earlier, Alex, about politics, as at one point in high school, I was pretty much freshman year, maybe a little sophomore year, mm-hmm. I was really into politics and speaking my mind and um, just strong with my views, and I let people know them. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you either loved me or you hated me. So um, freshman year goes by, I get in a little trouble, nothing crazy, but I'm also big into sports. I played football and I wrestled through high school. So um, I, I really cared about sports. That was like my purpose, pretty much. I would coast through school. I never studied for a test. I, I did the homework, and because that's really the main thing. You do your homework, you're going to get pretty good grades and know what the class is about. So um, again, I didn't really struggle with grades, but I never really like applied myself. I never studied for a test, never took it that serious. I just made sure I had good grades to keep my parents off my back, um, to, you know, essentially justify in my own head, oh, I'm doing just fine. Um, And then I would just do my sports and really care about the team, really care about the coach. I built great relationships through there. Um, So fast forward through freshman year, and now we get into sophomore, and I get introduced to smoking weed. And that was my biggest, I mean, bottom line, easiest said is that was my biggest sin. Mm-hmm. And that, that just... It started with, like, friendships that you kind of introduced it? or Because you said you wanted to... Well, I don't know if this was, like, something that you wanted to do to bring attention to yourself. 
But, or was it something that you just wanted to do to follow, like, so peer pressure, I guess? I, don't know. I would say a couple things on that. Somewhat of peer pressure, because I remember specifically, I was at a party, like the first party I was ever invited to. I was sitting there, and like a group of the guys went out into the woods, and I was like, "What are they doing?" So I follow them, and they start they start pulling weed out, and I'm like, "And before this, keep in mind, I was very stubborn, hard headed. I was like, you smoke weed or do drugs, you're gonna die, or you're gonna you're going to hell.' Like I, you know, I grew up in the church, but I didn't know what any of it meant, and I was just so like self deceived and just. Uh, hypocritical, judgmental, um, very self-righteous. And, but at the, it's so ironic. I didn't even know Christ. Uh, I was a fan, not a follower, I say. But um, so I'm in the woods and they're smoking weed and I see, oh, well, they're just giggling, having a good time. They're not like dying or like panicking or anything. Like nothing looks that bad. So I didn't do anything that night, but I was just hanging around it. And that was like my introduction. Now, it was either the very next day or the day after that I was hanging out with some other friends and these were like, you know, I'm not going to throw any names out there, but I would say the, the stoners or, you know, the potheads, the burners. And I was hanging out with these guys cause they lived in my neighborhood and they were like, Oh, come on, just try it. And that's where the peer pressure came in. And the minute I tried it and I, and I never really knew this other than like video games as a kid, um, I have an, I have a very, very addictive personality. So, and like I said, I didn't really know it cause I didn't dabble into anything before this, but I'm telling you, I smoked weed that night. It didn't even necessarily end up getting high. I don't know why or how there's stories. We can get into that another time, but mm-hmm. Um, I didn't necessarily get high or feel the effects, but the, I was like, oh, I'm still alive. Like nothing happened. So it can't be that bad. Okay. So again, self-deception, um, justification, all these things. And I, the very next day I smoke again at Relay for Life. I remember this. This was the first time I got high and I smoked at Relay for Life. And that's like a little cancer um, like fundraiser, you know, people walk her around the track for 24 hours straight at a, at a middle school. It's just a great fundraiser, uh, great for the community. It's something everyone in the community knows about. So um, we, we went into the woods, me and a group of guys, maybe seven or eight guys, maybe like two, two, two or three girls, and just a group of people, and we smoked, and we got so high. Like my first time, it was just I was – high to put it simply and we go to relay for life and i'm just like we're making a scene like we're loud we're laughing it's probably so obvious um and looking back on it it was so stupid because i did care about my image and i cared about like coaches like i said i cared about sports so now we're in sophomore year and now it's literally been like i got introduced to it it was either the next day or the day after that and now i've smoked two days in a row and after that it was every single day didn't miss a day. My tolerance started building. Um, I was able to control myself with air quotes um, in public, and I was able to maintain, like, I guess, I don't want to say maintain sobriety because it wasn't, but yeah. I was able to kind of handle kind of it. act like it. Yeah, like act like it for sure. Everybody else doesn't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, so... 
not to draw that so far out, but basically smoking became a very, very, very prevalent thing. It was something, you know, sports happens. We get home from practice and me and my butt, now my best friend at the time, and I'm not going to name any names, but my best friend, I used to hang out with him every single day, sleep over at his house because my parents didn't know about this and his parents were uh, okay with it, I would say. And so we just hung out at his, at his house, and that that just became abusive. Like, not our friendship, but the marijuana use. And that was an everyday thing, like I said, all the time. Like, can't stop thinking about it. Like, can't wait to get home from practice. Can't wait to get home from school. All these things. Summer was a blast, and it's all this stuff. Um, and at this point, we st- like I said, in middle school, we stopped going to church as a family. I have completely lost view of God completely lost my my train of thought with anything related to religion yet at the same time I was living a double double life because anyone who would ever ask me what are your views on you know religion or what do you believe in I was so quick and so easy to say I'm a Christ follower I love Christ Jesus died on the cross I knew all of the stories of the Bible you know Moses Abraham Samson all these stories of the Bible and um I didn't, like, even, like I said earlier, I was a fan, not a follower. And I relate that to, like, Michael Jordan. People are fans of him. Like, they know his stats. They have a poster of him on their wall. Um, the, stats is the best example. They, they think they know him, but they're just a fan. They don't actually follow him. They don't know him personally. Um, so I was a fan of Christ, not a follower. And I was so quick to say that, like, I was so quick to say I knew Christ um, when, whenever I was asked about that. So I was, now at this point, we're talking junior, senior year, I was self-deceived at this point. Um, And then I met this lady in senior year, and she was a grade older, so she already graduated, but we started, um, we, we really fell in love, and that was a blessing and a curse. I learned so much from it, but it also helped me just stay even more self-deceived, which we would start, me and her, you know, oh, the relationship, it's got to be taken serious. Let's go to church. We were the last ones into church, first ones out. We didn't really take much from the message. Um, It wasn't serious. Like, and I don't mean to get, like, super, like, vulgar or I just want to be transparent. We would literally, like, leave church and end up doing sexually immoral things. And it's like we're just living that kind of life. And that was where, you know, sexual immorality started really diving into my life. And um, I started really falling into heavier sin. Um, So essentially living a sin-filled life a double life where I'm lying to myself, and I say this again, I was self-deceived. And I think that that is the biggest um, downfall to what I call the American uh, Americanized Christianity, where it's like everyone and their mother, you go around and ask, ask anyone other than like the hardcore atheists, you ask anyone and they're going, oh yeah, I know God, I, Jesus. Yeah. Like everyone knows Jesus. Nominalism. Kind yes. Of like name, Christian by name only. <laughs> yes, by name only. And the, and that's the thing. It's um, someone I love, Ray Comfort. He, he asks, he lays out their sin for them, the Ten Commandments, the moral law, and then he goes in and explains how we can... Um, be saved by that, what we need to be saved. And that is the obvious answer, Jesus on the cross, the work is finished. But he says, do you know? And none of them know. And then he goes, no, you do know. You just don't understand. And then he mentions Jesus. They're like, oh yeah, I know Jesus, blah, 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 Jesus. I've heard that. 
they don't understand what Jesus really means, what he actually did on the cross. So I was self-deceived, just like a lot of Americans, um, and probably a lot of people around the world, frankly. Um, And it wasn't until me and this girlfriend broke up, and I went really through a really tough time for probably four, five, six months, tried dating this other girl, um, didn't really work out. I never really had that same love feeling or connection with her. So we kind of, I ended things with her and, um, all of a sudden I was, (laughs) I can only put it one way, saved by God. And I had a, a crazy encounter where it's like, I didn't have this crazy dream or anything or like this God spoke a divine message to me, nothing like that, Mm -hmm. but I was saved and, um, strictly, I woke. I, it, I know it's not like this for every Christian, where it's like a, a moment in time type of thing. But for me, it was January twenty first this year, twenty twenty three, and I woke up and I didn't want anything to do with marijuana anymore. I was like, "This is disgusting. This is dirty. This is ruining my life." And mind you, I kind of skipped over this. There were so many times when I knew this was a um, self destruction. It was a bad thing, bad habit, money. Uh, it was cost, costing me a lot of money. Um, bad for the lungs, you know, big sports guy. It's bad for the lungs. All these things. I knew it was self-destruction in the long run. So I did try quitting a couple times, like once I was really hooked, but I could never quit. I couldn't quit myself. I had all my trust in myself and I was like, I'm going to do this, you know, strong minded. Um, I'm going to do this. And that never worked with, you know, pornography, um, marijuana, drinking. I wasn't a huge drinker, but there was definitely drinking involved. Um, but I tried quitting all these bad things because I knew morally they were bad, mm-hmm. but I couldn't ever quit them until January 21st. I woke up and I just had no desire to sin anymore. And that's just by God's mercy alone, like his grace alone infiltrated into my life. And I wanted nothing to do with sin anymore because I started all of a sudden realizing I'm not just sinning against my body or doing something wrong. I'm sinning against the holy, holy, holy God in heaven and my creator, someone who is so gracious to even give me life and then spare my life until I can come to know him. So at this point, I'm posting things on social media about, you know, just God things like quotes, devotions, songs. I'm, I'm just on this kind of spiritual high. And this is, again, January, late January. So this year, very, very recently. Um, and this is when I would say the Holy Spirit truly filled me and I was born again, which praise be to God. Um, so I'm posting things on social media and one of my now really close buddies reaches out to me. And um, I'm just going to stay away from dropping names, but he probably wouldn't even mind. <laughs> Anyways, he reached out and he... I think I know who it is, too. Yeah. Brady? Oh, no. I Wait. was thinking it was Noah. Oh, was no. But Noah was definitely a key part in this, too. He's yeah. been praying for me since high school. We wrestled with each other, and um, he was a key part in, I yeah. think, like prayer and prayer and asking me to grab lunch, all that. But Brady reaches out and... He's like, hey, I love what you're posting. You want to grab breakfast sometime? So we grabbed breakfast. Great conversation. Um, he just asked me a little bit about my story, a little bit about myself. And we just talked, and it went really well. We really had a good conversation. And he was like, hey, um, 
come to church, sit with me and my guys, and maybe join our small group. It's every Tuesday, 1829, the college-aged small group stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a blast. I was kind of waiting on a invitation to something because, again, me and my ex broke up at this point, and I did not want to be the guy to go to sit at church alone, just show up and sit alone, not talk to anyone really, and just probably be the last one in, the first one out again. Yeah. I didn't want that because I was trying to take it more serious. Mm-hmm. So before Brady reached out, it was kind of me diving into Scripture, deep prayers and all these things, but it was really uh, I was saved, and God spared my life essentially with grace, and he, he truly just filled me with the Spirit, and that is what happened. So now I'm, Brady invites me, um, and I join this small group, and this is a big, big, big key part in my life because I really firmly believe that we're called to be part of community, and that's very important, mm-hmm. and that was that proved to be important in my life. Having these godly men surrounding myself with the right people now, my friends from high school weren't really necessarily in my life anymore, all of them off to college, still living in the old way we used to live in, and... I just couldn't really surround myself with that when I knew I was being called for, I don't want to say a higher purpose, but I was giving my life to Christ. Like I was completely, I was dying to myself, denying myself, picking up the cross daily to live for Christ, being an ambassador of Christ. Um, and there's that actually brings me, I wanted to share a verse that really just speaks to me. It's in Second Corinthians chapter 5. It's at the very end and it says... Well, there's two verses in in the end of chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians. This is one that really speaks to me. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And then later in verse 21, it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And that's just the great exchange where we're viewed as Jesus even though we're the wicked sinners in God's eyes because Jesus died on the cross, the work was finished. And what I said about the new creation is here, the old is gone, the new has come, that is my life. Like that is my testimony right there. I, If you knew me two years ago, even a year ago, you would be like what happened to this guy, right? Mm-hmm. And I've had people tell me that. And it's not a prideful, boastful thing. It is a all-glory-to-God type of deal. Um, he saved me. He completely saved me. That's the only way to put it. It was a supernatural experience, and my sin desires have passed because— and I, my flesh still loves sin. <laughs> We're always going to be wicked sinners. We're never going to be sinless, but we can sin less because— um, we know that we understand we're sinning against a God who sent his one and only son to die on the cross for us, and we are the ones who crucified him with our wicked sin. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started really, again, this spiritual high, started getting involved in this small group, church every week, haven't missed, still haven't missed, like, and I know this isn't works-based, oh, I go to church every week, I'm saved. That's not it at all. It's more, I love the community, I love the friendship, the fellowship, um, the environment, just being around, surrounded by men who are after God's own heart, and I love that. And so this small group's been so important to me, uh, such a key factor in my in my testimony, in my story, and helping me dive more into scriptures, learning more about God's character, because I used to pray the prayer all the time, Lord, you know, 
make me more like you or conform me to be more like you. And I didn't even know who he was, though. Mm. You don't even know what that means. Exactly. You're just saying words. And, Empty words. Yeah, so I started reading scripture. And not only do I read scripture because this is something that we're obviously called to do and that it's going to help us understand his commandments, his law, his word better because it's a living word. He speaks to us through that. Um, also to understand God's character. That's a very big key reason I, I love diving into the word. Um, understanding God's character. So when I pray that prayer, Lord, conform me to be more like you, my heart and my mind. Now I have an idea of what that will mean instead of just saying it and then hoping I know what it means. So that's very important. Um, and so this small group helped me get into scripture a lot more. There's very good men that I'm surrounded with. My new friends, these are my new best friends for life, and um, they're just my brothers in Christ. And it's so cool how God will, again, the new has come, the old is gone, the new is here. It's like my old friends kind of like distances themselves from me, and new friends came in, and God took care of it all. And it all started with the season of loneliness after a breakup. And God really just, he knows perfect timing, his will is the best of all, and I try to pray that a lot too, where it's like, Lord, make my will your will, because I, I'm so broken. The minute I have trust in myself again, when I was trying to stop sinning on my own and I had trust in myself, that's when I'm going to fail. So I kind of joke with people a lot where I'm like, <laughs> hey, um, don't trust me because I can't even trust myself. And mm -hmm. it's a semi a joke, but it's also pretty serious because I can't trust myself. Um, the minute I start trusting myself again is when you're going to start falling onto your works, you know, how many times you're praying or going to church or reading scripture or donating to the poor or um, tithing, all these things, it's all works. And that's trust in yourself. So I learned very recently, if you have even 1% trust in yourself or in works, like, oh, yeah, but I do this. Oh, yeah, this and that. Your trust isn't fully in Christ. Mm -hmm. And if your trust isn't fully in Christ, simply put, your trust isn't fully in Christ. So it's like yeah. we need our trust to be fully in Christ. And his last words were, it is finished. That means when he died on the cross... The, the sins of everyone, the sins of the world, were paid in full, past, present, and future sins. And if we put our full trust in Christ, like we put our trust in a parachute if we're jumping out of a plane, then we're going to be saved. And that's what the Bible teaches. And it's so scary, as I mentioned earlier, like the Americanized Christianity or Americanized gospel, where it's so watered down or um, it's so perverted even, and not in like a sexual way, but like it's a perverted gospel where it's just, it's completely missing the point. Um, we're missing the character of God. We're missing the work he did on the cross. We're missing it all. And it's, uh, it's so sad to see, but I'm so thankful for a gracious God saving me the way he did, pulled me out of a dark, dark place. And mind you, I, I know I said marijuana was a big sin, but at this point after the breakup, I was like smoking, smoking. Like I was looking forward to go to sleep at night so I could have eight or nine hours of sleep so I could wake up and get super high in the morning because it's like eight or nine hour tea break or tolerance break where it's like, I'm not, because I would smoke, oh, the high would start draining down, smoke again. Now I'm even less high and it's starting to drain down, smoke even more. It was, excuse me, it was this the whole entire day. Hmm. It got that bad. So I would look forward to sleep so that I could get high in the morning and do it all over. 
waste tons of money, and it was it was just a uh, um, it was self destruction. It was brutal. It was I didn't have motivation. I was that's all I could think about, and I don't know. Yeah, it's, it was it's, crazy. It's crazy just how um, like when you don't have because we're all gonna worship something. So if our souls are empty from something, we gotta we gotta fill it with something. And so in your case, you know, it was weed. And, and if you're trying to fill your soul with all this, like I just want pleasure, and I I know I can get it from weed, and I know I can do that. And then it just sort of it empties because you need that high again, you know. And it's just over and over and over again. It just becomes like this very destructive lifestyle. And and you realize that I, I kind of had that similar story. I mean, I never struggled with drugs or alcohol, but. I, you know, struggling with my own sin life, I, was, I'm see, I see myself seeking after um, things of this world to fill my to fill the void, mm. and I didn't realize until you know even just even just a year ago. Like I always was a Christian for, since I was like eight or whatever, but um, it was until like last year when I really started to understand, maybe just beginning to understand, like what it really means to actually seek after Christ with your whole soul and like seeking after him in a way that like he's going to, to fill your void in, in such a way that you're not going to find satisfaction in anything else. And you don't mm. want to find th- satisfaction in anything else. Cause at that point, all you want is a relationship with Christ. And that's the only thing that's fulfilling, you know, um, and worshiping him and, and other stuff like that. So on yeah. that though, I think yeah. that it's so important, and I found this to be so true, specifically with drugs, alcohol, women, all these worldly things, as you said, mm-hmm. chasing after these things and getting, eventually reaching these things. It's temporary satisfaction. It's not even true joy because you, yeah. we only find true joy in Christ, and I've I've experienced that firsthand. So I think about John chapter three when uh, Jesus is is um, talking to the Samaritan woman. And he's saying, um, drink from what I offer and the living water and you'll never thirst again. Mm-hmm. And that's so powerful because I think about, oh, if I go to the bar and have a beer, I'll never have one beer where I'm like, I finally have had enough beer. Or yeah. I'll never smoke a joint where I'm like, man, I don't need weed anymore. Like you'll yeah. always thirst again from these worldly things. You'll never be satisfied unless you find your satisfaction in Christ. And when we are most satisfied in Christ, this is one of my favorite John Piper quotes, when we are most satisfied in Christ, Christ is most glorified in us. Mm-hmm. And I love that because glorifying God, it kind of goes, you guys don't see this hand mo- 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 motion, but as we glorify God and that rises, our happiness is going to come along with it. They go hand in hand, glorifying God and true joy and tr- true happiness in our life. Um, so yeah, it's temporary stuff. Worldly things are never going to fill us. We are always going to want more. We're always going to be reaching. Like if you're gambling or if you're into money and chasing money, you can become a millionaire and you're just going to want the next million after that. Yeah. You're never going to eventually reach enough. There's never enough. There's always something to reach for next in the world. So Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, just the, the power of story and the power of... Uh, just what God has done in in each of our lives, it really gives, um, it really tells us tells a lot about um, just like the the power of the Spirit and how He can work in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're basically running on forty minutes, so uh, this is, this is a great episode. Uh, I'm excited to do it again. 
But uh, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. I look forward to seeing where this goes and how the Lord works through you in this channel. So um, it's exciting. Sweet. All right. Well, we'll catch you next time and see you on the flip.